It's not about me and what I can do at all. It's about how can I help you to do what you want to do. That's it. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today on a special repeat guest by fan acclaim, Richard Listens Podcast, coming to you just before summer ends, Labor Day hits, and uh, we reflect on what we want our fall to look like, how we want to invest in our health, and this week's theme has been about never too late. What's the one thing that you wish you could do that maybe you've been putting off doing or used to do in time or your body or your mind are telling you perhaps you cannot or all the stacked up limitations of stressors in the world are keeping you from doing it. Uh, this week, I've been committing myself to getting back into martial arts and uh, Shaolin Kempo and doing it through online forums and breathing and meditation. And so our guest today will be happy to uh, jump back in. And he's been part of my journey, in fact, offering his time and kindness uh, to model tempo and, and form. So it's lucky to, I always talk about in the zero method in my book and my community, leaning on your community, leaning on your tribe, leaning on those who maybe naturally have some of these gifts and talents. Um, and so today's guest, uh, is none other than David Jonathan Lemanchek, um, who was my high school basketball teammate and went on to play, uh, collegiately and continue to have a professional career and has made a life of, uh, physical conditioning, mentoring others, inspiring students. Um, and continues the physical education world and has morphed in the last year even so far as to take his work to back to basketball, back to fundamentals. I get a kick out of every video I watch, not only because he's still somehow power dunking in the lane, <laughs> which I don't know that I can get that skill back, but maybe maybe we'll learn something today. But uh, just the fact that he's continued the love of something that was so integral to my development and to the lives of so many of those that I came in relationship growing up. So without further ado, we welcome David Lemanchik. Welcome back, DL. Thank you, brother. What an outstanding introduction. I don't even know what else to say. Other than I'm extremely grateful. That was amazing. <laughs> I know, it just comes to me. It just comes. Sir, you are talented, for sure. Well, you know, you're talented because you could have, you know, you could have taken swings at me in practice back in the day and you had enough willpower to not throw a haymaker. Yeah, somebody has to stay cool. And that's the brotherhood. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and the true the true athlete knows the limits. They know what they can be pushed to and still stay under control. Absolutely right. Because those limits start internally before they go externally with other teammates and people. So we've already been tested by the tests we put ourselves through. You know this. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. But uh, self-control, is it, is it an aid or where, where did, how, did, how did you know that? How did you learn that concept? That's that's not, I love that question. It's like, it was not a need for me, but I knew by watching myself and learning that, well, this wasn't the right 
reaction in this scenario. So we need to work on this and then working on that learning. And then believe it or not, it was always through sports. Was there there some external correction? Was there some early fighting that went on? Absolutely. And um, anytime there's any type of quarrel or any type of disagreement, and for me, it was always sports and losing. Like if I lost in anything, like if I struck out or I missed a shot or we lost the game, missed a free throw, I just had a very difficult time internalizing those events early on. But I once mean, again, not, yeah, I had a coach who was amazing, and he told me one thing. And we talk about this before, but Tommy Ahern was my uh, CYO coach when I was in seventh and eighth grade. He said, you have to learn how to lose. You have to accept the moment, understand it's a moment, and then remember that. And then when you go into your next series of moments, just understand that that is the past. And that doesn't regulate what's happening right now. So focus on your right now and do your best for right now. Keep recreating the right now. Wow. Tommy Ahern. And so, I mean, I know we're going to get into everything you're doing right now. And probably it's blowing up Instagram and TikTok and <laughs> inspiring the next generation. I love that power move, post move. I like uh, my, I like feel it in my body seeing you do it. Uh, but, but, but your dad was a professional baseball player. And I'm thinking about everyone that comes to me, like, you know, major league, the, the hall of famers hit three out of 10 times. So <laughs> how did that go over? Like striking out? I mean, were you, was it like so much internal pressure? How was it handled? So the, the interesting thing, yeah, it's a great question. Um, so my papa, the first I knew about him is he was a major league baseball player. He's like one of my first guys I'm looking up to because it's like supernatural. He's this huge athlete and everyone knows who he is and he's doing so well. And I'm like, dad, you know, um, but as I get older, uh, what I realize is that that athlete had a very kind of specific job to do and a specific way to live. And um, it was a specific regimen that he had to stay in. And I didn't necessarily understand that then. But uh, as I grew older, I kind of looked back on those events and kind of was like, wow, that, that regimen, that discipline, that, that way to live, that's, that's kind of how it has to be. So ask me your original question one more time. What was it like, you know, having a father inter- that was a professional? How did you internalize that in terms of failure or success? So the first thing was looking at him as baseball card and, and turning it around and reading his stats. And then it was actually asking him about sports. I said, Pop, what was it like, you know, being a baseball player and, and playing in all those games? And the first thing he said is, I, I like to play basketball better. And I said, <laughs> well, what do you mean? And it turns out that he went to college to play basketball. And he was like a role-playing rebounder on a pretty good small college team. And... um I think they went to NCAA regionals three times, Hartwick College back in the day, really tough. And he was having a catch with his fraternity brother one day, uh, maybe his junior year in college. One of his brothers is like, Dave, let's go have a catch. And he's like, for what? He's like, let's just go have a catch. He's like, can't we just relax and just take it nice and easy? Like, come on, let's just go throw. So he goes to the gym and throws and has a catch. And it turns out he was throwing some serious heat. And the athletic director heard the pop in the mitt, and then that was it. They were like, you got to play. So he starts playing baseball and 
you know, he continued playing basketball, but the baseball ended up being the thing that took him away. But let's reel that back in. Before there was that, he was actually a better football player than he was basketball, than he was baseball, but he hated playing football. So the purpose of all of it, he taught me that there's a ticket to every ride and not every ride necessarily has the ticket that matches the ride. So he knew that he had to get to the next level of education. So for him, the ticket was going to be basketball. So while he was on that ride with that original ticket, he got another ticket. He punched that ticket and then went up a series of levels and on another journey. And, you know, here I am and my brother and the rest is history. So it's just uh, dedication, perseverance, consistency, man's an absolute machine, had a great support system with my mom who couldn't be better. And um, a lot of the self-control that you asked me about before directly came. If there was uh, a better influence, I'll, I'll not really know outside of basketball, but definitely my mom. She actually calmed down my dad, who was nicknamed Tarzan brother. <laughs> I didn't know that. Is and you saw me jump off roofs onto <laughs> trees and vice versa. So you know where that comes now from. Now I know. Now I know what you were living out. <laughs> yes. You want a moment of really getting to know one of your teammates. Yeah. And you see there, 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 you know, now that's called parkour. Now that's just, uh, right. you, that could have been another skill for you. Yeah. <laughs> just, just another thing to do. Amazing. I just need the context of the generation, right? <laughs> but that's it. Parkour. Just going tree to house. Nice and easy. And, uh, really so how fun. so talk to me about the present and now. I mean, this whole journey you've been through. Last we spoke, you were healing yourself and really, you know, focusing on pushing the lengths of your your strength training and, and coaching others. And I see that the smile light up. What brought you back home to basketball? So the question deserves the simple and most direct potent answer. And it's simply because my love of basketball and what it has done for me is more powerful than anything else in my life because it, it was my ticket for my ride, for everything that I've ever done and all the doors that I've helped open up for other people have been through that too. So it's almost like that's where I belong and that's what I have to do and that's my purpose. So a lot of the healing for me uh, superficially had to do with me, but on the level it has to do with me just being a solid mentor and player development example so that thousands and millions of people can look at it and be able to break down complex skills that they might not otherwise be able to break down. Because let's face it, basketball at sometimes is like a very technically choreographed sport that can be difficult to learn on the fly in competition. Like remember when me and you were in practice and you know, if coach is telling us, all right, you got to learn the X, Y, Z move and gives us like two minutes to work together while we're basically shoving and getting physical, like having that battle aside from actually starting to learn the move. And then after the two minutes, the coach is like, all right, come on back. 
So, and we're back in and coach is like, all right, guys, we're going to run through the sequence. Rich, Dave, if either of you guys get the ball, do that move. We're not doing that move. That's not enough time. We're involved in a tussle, having our own conversation, our own fun. We add something in, it's cool, but it's not enough time. You got to slow it down. And then things have to be done piece by piece. So I think um, what brought me back is the love of the game. My understanding of player development is at a really great level because of my teaching experience, coupling it with my playing experience. So I know what's necessary for players to learn, and I know how they need to have it received. Um, because being a player, the last thing you need is the wrong approach in a learning moment <clears throat> that really is crucial to development and the success of the team. And let's face it, the continuation of careers, because the more successful a player is, the more apt they are to go on and continue. Uh, so we really want everybody to succeed. Um, so that's really the answer there. I think it's just the love of the game and, and player development on the whole. Like, let's just do what I can do to give back and elevate. Yeah. And, and how's it, I mean, how's it been for you just to be out there? I see you taking jumpers. I mean, how many hours are you putting in on the court right now? Man, I wish I could, I wish I could put in more to be honest with you. I shoot around probably, and that's what I call it to shoot around. Um, I'd say like every other day, every third day, it always starts the same way. It's, it's a couple of Bruce Webster University of Bridgeport practices and individual workouts and also the Joao Fretas workouts that we used over in Madeira Island with, um, CD Nacional. His practices were like Lute Olson's practices at University of Arizona. So like a hybrid of those. And what I do is I work consistent player development like it would be done for the kids I teach or if I was working with NBA players, those guys. Two dribbles or less, multiple spots on the court, game situations. It's always situations. You know, there's no um, extracurricular activities going on because everything that we do has to carry over to the court game play. Otherwise, it's not what I'm involved in. So that's kind of where I've taken it. Now, what does it feel like to me? Brother, it's magic. I go out there and I start with form shooting. I watch the basketball go over the rim 200 times from in close, like six feet or close, just watching it go through, watching it go through, watching it go through. After 200 of those, my brain is wired for success in that fashion. My eyes are focused on the bottom of the net because that's what I want the ball to hit. When I started looking at the bottom of the net and stopped looking at the rim, I stopped hitting the rim. And that's a key thing that a lot of people haven't really figured out yet. Because a lot of the greater shooters, they'll talk about looking at the three rings on the back of the rim. They'll talk about looking at the lower part of the net that's connected near the rim. But one of my coaches told me, just look at the bottom of the net. And that changed trajectory. It goes up a little higher now because now automatically your brain triangulates, okay, we need a little bit more to get there and that's what you end up doing but it has to be done with form shooting and after form shooting this is what always happens take a sip of water i come back and the juice is in the legs it's amazing so my legs have actually returned to a point where i could spring a little bit and it feels great because those two dribbles are less 
dunk moves in there are a lot of fun. And you know me, I'm 6'4", and you know the rims are 10 feet. <laughs> and it's just like, you know I'm 46. Um, and it's just a lot of fun to go out there and demonstrate things that people can identify with and they like, you know, and they can relate to. They're like, yes, I know this move because this player did it. Or, yeah, I can see you did that. Or this needs improvement. And I'm like, you're right. And the funniest thing is that I uploaded a video by accident. I had two videos that looked the same, like on a screenshot. I got back here after workout and I was like, this is the one boom, boom, sent. And it ends up being a travel. And I was like, oh no, it's a travel. And I'm a player development coach. But it's a great opportunity um, because just to watch the specific feedback that comes back, like people actually know the game. They really do. And I'm impressed by it. So um, that's one thing I didn't realize is that on a global scale, so many people are, are aware of the technical skills necessary to play the game, which means that we just have to bridge the gap a little bit more with some creativity, slowing it down, and especially ways to build the legs up so that older people, not just younger people, can get up and down and play and have some fun. Well, how are you doing that, right? Because that's what usually goes, right? You know, is the spring and the step. That's what they say. They say the knees go first. So here's the first thing. I ended my basketball career on my own terms. So I didn't play until my knees went, right? I just kind of said, this is it, shifted and went in another direction. So I kept a lot of my, I guess you'd say, knees intact, right? Um, and did my own program. You know, going through college and, and playing professionally, I was subjected to a lot of different programs that I didn't technically agree to, but I had to cooperate with. And then when I was no longer in that situation, I started to create a little bit. Once I got it right, then I just started running that program. So for me, it's the swamp lunges were the key. Those long stride swamp lunges, the traveling diagonal lunges just opened up my hips to the point where I can move left, I can move right, stretch, very strong, very powerful, ankles, knees, hips in both flexion, extension, rotation, different directions. I'm strong in all directions. Whereas when I was younger, I definitely wasn't strong in all directions, but I was stronger overall. So it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that that's happened and I'm trying to be as specific as possible with the answer. So it's just my program allowed my entire development to take place. And when it did, it basically picked up weaknesses that were basically overwhelming me and erased them. And then my body structure started to change a little bit. And then my back started to heal a little bit. And all of a sudden, this one thing happened to me. And you'll probably remember stuff like this, man. I walk out to the, to the hoop one day here at Long Beach at Magnolia Park. Dope spot, bro. Right on the water. Smells amazing, right? Right in the morning, 7 o'clock. And I look at the rim and I'm like, yo, I could swear this rim is 8 feet tall. Because this is what happens to me as soon as, like, I'm in basketball shape. My legs feel good. And nothing really is, like, overwhelmingly brutal with like my body or anything. It's just like, everything's okay. All right, I can deal with this. Wow, it's eight feet. It's not, it's 10 feet, but it's just the way it looks. At that point, no warm up is needed. 
just take the ball at that point and just smash. It's just amazing. It's just something happens for me when I get on that court and all of a sudden there's just like a button inside where it's like, let's have fun. And my body lets it happen. I can't believe it's happening right now at the age of 46 years old. Absolutely. Do you ever think about playing again or too much risk of injury? Oh, I absolutely could not because uh, the surgical instrumentation, the stainless steel Harrington rods, they're so gnarly, man, that what I can do is literally all I can do. So here's my hope. Like, ultimately, I'd love to coach at the elite level, NBA, FIBA, that level, top tier, work with those level athletes because that's who I can help immediately because I can still do the work. I can still demonstrate. You have to be able to demonstrate at that level. When I'm no longer able to demonstrate, well, that level or wherever else I fit best. But I think that in terms of where I fit purpose best, it's with basketball and essentially player development. And it's so much fun, man. So much fun going out there and just making shots and kids come out all the time and helping those kids and making sure they're involved in some way. And most of these kids, you know, they've never seen anybody dunk up close. So you have fun. You integrate them, do pick and rolls with them. You have them throw your alley-oops, and it's their first time. But the first time takes like 10 or 15 reps. That's a lot of jumps, Rich. (laughs) I'm like, you guys got to get better with the timing. Let's go. (laughs) That's, that's funny yeah. so yeah so there's like a community aspect you like being out there you like working with the kids i mean are you is there an opportunity to create camps or use your basketball strength program to kind of reach out to different high schools or colleges what are, what are your hopes yeah so this is a good question too so i'm, I'm going to continue to do work in the community here in long beach i work locally with um parks department because that crew is always down there and i'm always down there with the inspiration working with them and i'm actually going to do some work with them coming in the fall in the winter into the spring so that's fun and i'm also going to work with a local uh a local middle school here too it's like a uh, i think it's no it's elementary middle we're going to do some uh, mini camps basketball camps so that's good locally in terms of colleges and other things like that, what I'm doing is I'm open to player development options everywhere. But because I'm teaching, you know this, I'm, I'm a little hamstring. So what I have is um, online opportunities that are linked through my bio and IG. And what those basically present are ways to work with me if I'm not individually there to work with you. But there will come a time that I'm going to have to make a decision. Right. <laughs> you know? Am I going to finish teaching? Am I going to start coaching? And I can already. How many years in are you? I'm already. I already know where I'm going to. I'm going to end up coaching and going. Um, 18 years in, but it it doesn't matter. Not you know. It's just when you find your purpose and you do what you need to do. That's that's it. You know. I already know what my purpose is. Once I started doing it and running with it, I realized that it encouraged people a lot, and it made me feel really good. And it just matched, you know, like right. just kind of fit. And I was like, okay, this is <clears throat> obviously it. So at this point, it's just listen to biofeedback, which is a big part of my basketball strength program. Biofeedback, learn the body and learn how to move the body. 
I mean, ultimately, that's it. My program is a step that's often skipped. Like people will go from learning how to walk, run, skip, hop, jump, all the stuff, and then go right into like, let's say, performance-based stuff like weightlifting or something else. But there's a, a step in between that. There's a joint flexibility biomechanics step that needs to be taken so that bodies can be optimized in both directions. So let's say if you have, like you were a left-handed hitter, if I remember, right? That's right. Yeah. So you're a left-handed hitter and you're going into, let's say, high school. I'm going to say you're, you're predominantly <clears throat> going to have a stronger right side oblique, right side of your rectus abdominis is going to be stronger than your left just for that initial torque of the swing. What I would hope that would be in a program is something somewhere to balance out those tissues because you're only able to swing as strong as your body can stop and start. That's a key factor too. So like, here's like a little gem for the people listening. You can only get as fast as your hip extensors can stop your hip flexors. So you can do all the hip flexion exercises you want, but if your hip extensors aren't optimized to the point that you need them to be, you're not going to be able to move your legs forward and backward as quick as you need to be. But this is like complicated kinesiology and biomechanics. So how does a young athlete learn this? Or how do you it's teach it in the program? Yeah, this is basketball strength volume one. When I teach the swamp lunge curriculum, so it's a movement-based curriculum. It's one movement that I broke into six courses and 24 phases. And after an athlete goes through, let's say, the first course, the third phase, once they get to the first course, third phase, they can move in both directions. Their hips, knees, and ankles are optimized. Posture is regulated. That athlete is ready to move. And that athlete's not going to have the sprained ankles. They're not going to have the sprained knees. They're not going to have the hip and back problems. When you move suddenly in athletics and there's other people there, surprising events happen, and they're generally not good. But when you train for movement and your joints are optimized for landing, turning, pushing, stretching, striding, and then repeating in multi-directions, you're doing those things in sports. Like if you pass me the ball and I take the basketball with two hands and put it through my legs with my right hand to my left and I get low to the ground, I'm in the lunge right there. If I decide to take off and go to the basket, hop, step, jump, stop, dunk, I'm already going to be in another lunge with that hop step. I'm going to land on two feet with the jump stop and that's going to be like a modified squat. And right there, I'm going to explode. So for example, squatting in a gym is not something I would ever do because we don't need to do that on the court. Right before you jump, you go into like a quarter squat. But right before you go into that quarter squat, there's a jump before that quarter squat or a series of steps so you can gain momentum. So when you're in a gym and you're doing a stationary exercise and you're removing the principles of footwork and momentum that are huge factors that go into how well you're going to be able to finish. What are we actually doing? So I got rid of that, replaced it with the Swamp Lunge curriculum and Basketball Strength Volume 1, and it's literally the perfect training tool for athletes of all sports. 
I say it works for everybody as long as they're on land. <laughs> okay. I can't, so I can't in the water. <laughs> hey, it's good training to do lunges in the water. You know, it's just, it's actually outstanding. The water is is the first key in my rehabilitation from spinal reconstruction. Also, knee surgeries too. It's you know, relatively weightless, and there's a lot of options for movement. And I used to do my martial arts forms in the pool to work on my my balance and of the stance. Yes, which ones? What was your favorite to do in the pool? Uh, was just. The, uh, you know, like half mooning, you know, like, or, or practicing, like moving into a side kick or a roundhouse kick or yes. the resistance, you know, without losing your balance. Check this out. So martial arts, as you know, plays into basketball and basketball plays into martial arts. I've even heard that basketball is a martial art. So there's times that you're doing a move and let's say we'll go into that rip through <clears throat> step dribble hop step when you do that hop step no one is going to go into their defender straight on because that's an offensive foul so like the rick patino body to body philosophy and you remember this it wasn't told to us body to body but it was told to us to attack the shoulder so when you attack the shoulder because it's off center you're going to make contact but it's not a foul on you. It's actually a block on them if they decide to call it. They usually don't. They'll just say, move your feet, you know. But that right there will knock the defender off balance, causing their foot to leave the ground. At that point, your two feet or one foot are on the ground ready to finish the move. So that body-to-body philosophy is kind of the key to everything. And um, taking that, and now teaching that, I think I include that in just about every video I upload because there's ultimately always going to be a, a question of, you know, what's the effectiveness of this move? Why does this work? It's because body to body. When you attack a shoulder, a shoulder opens up. And then we understand when that shoulder opens up, that's because we made it open with a flow that we created through the principles of momentum and chi. So yeah. the same same that we use in martial arts, we take it right over to the court and it's all flow. I mean, you know, the best players are just like so fluid. They don't really start and stop. It just continues. Wow. Yeah. You've spoken like a true martial artist. And so you mentioned big growth online using right technology, Instagram, TikTok. Um, you're up near 10,000 followers. Um, so what has it been like? Is it how many enrollees are you getting in new classes or, or what are you finding is the biggest demand? So it's been fun to see that growth take place. Uh, it, it was just really wild. It just all of a sudden, boom. I mean, the folks really want to see, and they're inspired by the slam dunk and they want to know what I did to get here specifically in terms of programming, what I do for my vertical jump. Uh, a lot of athletes want to know more about what they can do immediately with their own footwork and skill development to get up to a standard of par that they have. And I haven't really been able to keep up with it because it's just been a lot. But uh, what I've been is just really thankful for the moment because here we are, man. So what do we do? I set up the online training programs and those have been pretty good. 
I've been able to have some good interactions with those, and I still have room for more. So, people, if you hear it, sign up. There's still room for more. <laughs> and, Do you um, cap yeah. each class? Any cap on each class? or is, yeah, yeah. Every, Everything is a cap. Um, just because I can't, you know, I wouldn't be able to get to everyone otherwise. I mean, it's not, I don't do like interactive, but it's, how do I say? It's like an entire Christmas. Yeah. Like like you can chat and see it later on, that kind of thing. So it's all video based with, I basically took everything I did and I looked at it and I was like, okay, I like this, but I need this in regular. I need this real time. I mean, I need this in slow motion. I need to describe everything that's taking place. Basically, it's like this. We're in 2023. How many people are reading books now? I don't know. I mean, I am, you are, but the population, are we reading or are we watching videos? Most videos, probably. Right. So what I did is I made the online curriculum and just put it right up there in Patreon, and here we go. So I have an old school way. If, If folks like us are like, I'd love to read. How can I get an ebook? I'm like, all right, go to Amazon. Basketball strength done. One of my kids at school, right? At Lawn Tech in Brooklyn. Top, top girls team, boys teams coming up. And they're like, man, check. I don't want to read. They make me read all day. What are you trying to do? I'm like, I know. What do you want? You got videos? Yeah, I got videos. So that would be the great option there. <clears throat> you know. Video curriculum is tremendous because witnessing, you automatically can copy. When you read, you have to be very creative in order to do exactly what's in that written text, right? Depending on what that is. And you know this from martial arts, like how many martial arts books have you had that had no pictures, right? And it's like, oof. Okay. And then you get the ones with pictures and you're like, thank you. <laughs> you need the demonstration. Yes. It's so essential. And that's why being a coach who can demonstrate, I thank God every day. I can't even believe it. I can get out there and get up on three point line, do a rip through one dribble and smash that basketball and turn around and say, if I can do it, you can do it and watch him or, you know, watch him do it. And it's like, there's the moment. These are great moments, you know, cause it's not, about me and what I can do at all. It's about how can I help you to do what you want to do? And just to let you know, yes, I can still do some things, but it's to show you that's it. Feels great for me, but it's literally well, I wish I had this as a high school big man, you know, learning the power of the body, the, the components, breaking down the movements. Can you imagine? Like, just the, the moves plus the understanding of everything you just said. Automatically, just upper tier, cannot be stopped, that's it. And it can be done today just like that. It's, that's the recipe. I mean, if you just add, wake up early in the morning and make sure you're asleep by nine, you're good to go. <laughs> so uh, why, why are we not on the phone with Bob McKillop right now in every Long Island uh, basketball camp and telling him? I don't know. Maybe because we're on the call. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you need, you need an admin while you're while you're teaching school and making videos and dunking. I know. 
it's just going there. It's just it, inevitably it's a piece that fits. And from what I understand, no one is doing what I'm doing. And it's a rare thing. And it's because it's a purpose-driven existence. It just needs to be done. So what I gather now is how can this help kids, right? This helps kids because when you understand what we just spoke about, the understanding of momentum, chi, the principles of athleticism, technical skill in the sport, and then you combine it with a lifestyle, all right, that's conducive to training and all these things. And what's that lifestyle? People ask me all the time, hey, Dave, you want to go out? <laughs> Good one. Hey, Dave, you want to go out tonight? <laughs> nice try. Okay, Dave, you want to go out? I see you figure this out yet. I don't go out. I don't hang Never. out. No, it's not. And they've been like this for like 25 years. Like people know, like, no, I'm all set. Why? I got goals. I got a purpose. I have serious set of steps and a regimen that I stay with. And people gave me a lot of flack for it when I was younger. A lot of teasing, right? We're doing this. You're not blah, 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 blah. Names, names, names. Okay. But guess what? It works. All those early morning workouts. And you hear Kobe Bryant. God rest his, his soul. When he, uh, before he passed, he would talk about the ultimate advantage he had in training in the morning and the hours that accumulated over the years and the fact that no one can really get back those hours. And no matter how many hours other people would try to train, they wouldn't be able to accumulate the amount of hours he did because he was already there before him for years. And he calculated like, Per year, what it was like, five years, 10 years, and I was like, wow, this guy's really over the top. He's correct. Because it's all about that mm -hmm. lifestyle. People would ask him, you want to go out? He's like, yeah, no, nah, I'm all set. And he wasn't, wasn't into it because he had the purpose. So, so I, I got to ask, how do, you, how do you keep that focus and still keep connection to the relationships and the people that matter? So, and that's, thank you for asking that, man. And I... You know me well, and, and for the listeners, it's because my friends and family know my heart, and that's it. And I open it, and I share it, and I'm open to their heart. I'm open to their feedback. I'm open to having whatever time and space we need and communication method we need in order to be on a level, you know, because it's a different kind of existence, man. And I've always been a little bit of a different dude doing a different thing a different way, you know? Right. So as I got older, I just became more articulate and able to put it together in a way that's received respectfully. And that's the most important thing is, is to respect other people's opinions, even if you don't happen to share them and, and just value them just for who they are, you know? And that's, that's been part of the journey too, which is pretty rad. Well, I can attest to that. Certainly the humble warrior and an educator. Does that mean your daughter, if she wants to hang with you, has to do bear crawls on the beach or has to throw alley-oops? What are the conditions there? Listen, I could not keep up with her if I tried. <laughs> She's in a class by herself, that one. Uh, Brooke is amazing. She's a competitive dancer and an independently motivated, uh, beautiful soul. She... Um, witnessed me train probably i'll guess and say five or six thousand people over a three-year period right 
just pieces of these sessions. And like when she was about two, she showed up after a session, like in between a couple guys, we were having a conversation. She just comes into the gym and starts doing swamp lunges. But she was doing them perfectly. And it's a very difficult <laughs> thing to do. And she was doing them course one, phase three that I mentioned before. Like, if you can do this, it's pretty damn good. Listen, I could not believe she was doing this. And Chris, the guy I was training who became Fairfield University center fielder for four years, great kid. He was like, yo, Lamanchek, dude, she's better than me. Been doing this for three years. I'm like, <laughs> Chris, I think you're right. And then I looked at Chris and I was like, but Chris, how long do you think she was doing that before she came in here and was confident enough to be like, today's the day, right? Because she's two, but that's how we are. In our most primal state, what we do is we practice things on our own, in our own space, in our own way, gaining confidence until we decide it's time. And then whatever the stage is, we go out and then we perform. And then when she did that at two years old, I knew right away that this kid had everything that she needed to do her own thing her own way. And that what she needed me for was just to be supportive and right there just so she knows all right he's right there he's got me he loves me you know like her mom supportive she's got me she loves me so she has an outstanding support system <clears throat> and rich i got no chance with that kid she's running around <laughs> circles she's doing flips over me. so no bear crawls no but she would probably crush me in a bear crawl race right now <laughs> so she's found her own path into her athletic self. Yeah, she's a really, 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 really strong, motivated kid. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought I was going to have to be a little more encouraging. I didn't know just because of the way the times are going with technology and children being less apt to go outside and play and being more apt to use technology and not do those things. Then all of a sudden she ends up being a child that's not that way, that she just wants to play and do. You know, and... Uh, here we go. Early mornings, early nights, <laughs> goal-oriented living, mm. staying away from the drama, you know, just witnessing it, learning from it, so that it doesn't encompass you. You know, like. Uh, so what's your things? what's the trip you would take? Is there a trip? Is there a place you would go to 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 step off the clock for a minute? Would you go to the Shaolin Temple? Would you meet with the monks? Is it a beach? Is it a basketball tour in Greece? What what would it be for you? All of the above. I mean, I'm open to every experience here simply because uh, there's beauty everywhere. And I love everything. It's hard to, you know, like say one thing, you just said Shaolin Temple, and all I thought about was like the last 13, 14 years I've been doing Kung Fu, and I'm like, wow, how much I would learn. I would show up, it would be day one. It would be literally minute one. <laughs> well, I'm going to bring you with me because apparently the, the Shaolin monk in Germany during his week training has you doing knuckle push-ups. <laughs> well, so I don't know if I can make it out of the first hour, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can help. It. But we'll see. We'll see how if I had to go anywhere right now, I would have to go back to Madeira Island in Portugal. Wow. I have to say, you know, it's that place is like nothing else I've ever experienced. Plus, my coach Joao over there, 
Joao Fretes, he's my man. He's over there with his fam jam. I love that guy. And um, I got a bunch of great people over there. But that place, Rich, have you ever been there? Madeira Island? I haven't been. Put it on the list. Well, I'm probably, hopefully we're going to Spain this year, so. Oh, it's a fantastic place, too. Wow. I, you know. We'll get, we'll get travel tips from you offline. But before we conclude, give everyone how to stay up with you, how to follow you, and, and what's next, right? Because I know there's always <laughs> inspiration is leading to inspiration and creativity for you. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how it just keeps happening? Uh, first of all, I just want to thank God for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for having me on and, and all the listeners for taking the time to listen and be a part and contribute. So respect there. And uh, to get in touch with me, it's Coach Lamanchek on IG. And right there, all the links are in my bio to get connected to the Basketball Strength ebook curriculum that's on Amazon for Kindle. And then the other services that I have available, which are consulting, video analysis, and also the Basketball Strength online video curriculum through Patreon. So those links are in my bio on IG. So please follow, share, and enjoy the power moves. My whole job here is player development. I slow it down for viewer retention so that we're learning and we're not missing steps. It's like steps on the ladder. We got to have them all. It's so beautiful what you're saying. Everyone, all my listeners know one of the chapters in the zero method is about slowing down. And I've heard you mention about five to 10 times already in this podcast and as an athlete, you're right. If we don't slow down, if we don't look at the fundamentals, we don't look at how we're moving, it's going to be hard to build. And, you know, some, you know, the, the old cart before the horse analogy. So is your goal to reach or if, if you're a high school or collegiate athlete and you want to get to the next level, uh, is that who your target is? My target? Everybody. All right, how early? So it's the rate of development, and it's a very difficult question, but to be specific, I would say when the child is interested in moving and playing the game competitively. So this is going to be per the child, which is per the assessment of either the coach and or the parent. But, you know, in general, you're looking at seven, eight, nine, that's, that's about the time where they know how to move and they're ready for a little more. And they're not quite ready for the resistance training, but where's the next step? Ding. That's the step. And everyone else skip the step along the way just simply goes back. And these steps are pretty easy to navigate once you've moved along. It's actually harder in the beginning because you're learning everything fresh. But once you've already kind of learned to move a little bit, you can jump into my curriculum and experience success quick and then actually see and feel the results through not only biofeedback, but results that are quantifiable, like, you know, extensions on vertical leap, things like that, where you're like, wait a minute, how did I just, did I just dunk that basketball? Yeah, you did. <laughs> things like that happen. <laughs> Well, for, it's always a joy. I look forward to our next Basketball Strength Meets Shaolin Kempo Retreat. Yes. <laughs> Designing that curriculum with you. I don't know. Do the athletes even get to eat? Do we have to feed them during this? Uh, yes. <laughs> we'll, have that, we'll have the highest quality. 
highest, highest quality. quality strength recovery but we'll have to figure out if that's allowed or not because we'll have to first go through that curriculum that's right that's right it has to be analyzed according to board of education standards <laughs> i look forward to building with you if you are a young athlete out there i just love if somebody could have given me this kind of mentorship you know coaches who walk the walk who've played and to have known dave you know not without challenges not without distractions not without being pulled in different directions as a young man but knowing his purpose his passion his excitement and to keep that alive you hear it you heard it today it takes tremendous focus it takes that commitment but it can be part of your never too late and it can be part of your next move so uh don't be afraid start with instagram check out his videos check out these power moves uh so you can get a leg up in your next basketball competition dl send us out it's never too late thank you brother <laughs> you're welcome Catch you on the flip side. All right, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in for the Richard Listens podcast. Please reach out to me. Send me guests. Send me your friends. Send me your inspiration. Send me your tools. And I thank all of you for being part of what keeps me alive, passionate, and excited. And for being a part of my path, whether past, present, or future, it's all connected. It's all inspired. Basketball at the center of my heart. Can't wait for basketball season. Football season around the corner. It's all happening right now. School's back in session. Enjoy your Labor Day, however you choose to spend it, everyone. Take a moment, reflect, and set forth on a new course for this fall. Be well. I'm Richard, and I'm out.